fellow Miss Piggy fans. Welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is normally the podcast where we watch a Muppet movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot, but that's not what we're doing today. We got another bonus episode for you. I'll tell you in a minute uh, what we are going to be talking about, but first, I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we are doing something unprecedented for this podcast. We have two guests. So this will probably devolve into complete chaos, but we're going to have a really good time doing it. Both of them have been on the show several times, and they always have really good, insightful stuff to say about Muppets. Guests, please introduce yourselves in alphabetical order. (laughs) Uh, Hi, I'm Danny Horn. And I'm Joe Hennis. Hello. I, when you said alphabetical order, I didn't know if you meant first name or last name. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> it was chaos. We're already I, de- devolving into chaos, Ryan. It did occur to me that you're both H's. And you're like, you're separated only by one vowel. That's true. Just like Jim Henson. Well, uh, Joe, you and you and Jim Henson have the same initials, right? JMS? That's true. JMH, yeah, JMS. Yeah, JMH. You and Jim John wow. and Joe Michael Straczynski have the same initials. <laughs> You and J. Michael Straczynski. My favorite favorite Muppet creator. Yeah. So we're glad you're both here. And we are here to talk about a TV special called The Fantastic Miss Piggy Show. This aired on ABC on September 17th, 1982, which means at this point it had been over a year since The Muppet Show ended and The Great Muppet Caper had been released. So obviously America was ready for more Muppets. Um, one other interesting thing I learned about the original airing and doing some research on this was that, uh, this special was the lead in to a TV movie called Charles and Diana, a love story. (laughs) So just think of the millions of people, you know, turning on their TVs a little bit early to watch this, uh, TV movie about (laughs) the Royal couple. And they're like, why, what is this pig doing on my screen? I guarantee that my parents were watching that because they they were big fans of Charles and Diana, not of Miss Piggy. They were they were rooting for that couple. They were they were not hard enough. Didn't didn't work out. Yeah. Um, so I figure we can just kind of go segment by segment in this thing, which is essentially a variety show. Um, so the opening number is there'll be some changes made, uh, which which they kind of announced their intentions right from the beginning because it starts with all these dancers and Piggy descends from the ceiling wearing this elaborate costume. Um, and so right away, they're here. They're telling us Miss Piggy is going to be at the center of everything in the special. As if you didn't know from the title of the program. Yes, the fantastic Miss Piggy show. And I, I think um, I think that this is um, primarily a parody of the Judy Garland show from 1963, 1964. Like it's clearly like it's a parody of a lot of like all of these kind of huge spectaculars. Um, but I believe the Judy Garland show was kind of the first one that was sort of just built around a, having a celebrity and then just adoring that celebrity. Right. Uh, hmm. um, although you say it's a parody, but I don't know, man, this feels exactly like any crappy eighties TV special. Like Piggy could be Barbara Mandrell in this and it would be exactly the same. Like, where's the parody? <laughs> you know? This is this is actually the big that is the big question that I think we're gonna that I I'm figuring that we're gonna talk about like I've been on the podcast a bunch of times now and at the beginning of the episode I'm always asking myself like 
okay, when do I start talking about post-structuralist literary theory? <laughs> like, yeah, it's we, never like, too soon. We have the opening, and I'm just like tapping my finger. I'm like, come on, come on. Like, when do I get to be pretentious? Today? Right. Which is which is um, why we love having you on. Like, why we love you. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but like, here's the thing: is like, there, like I, I think you're right. There's there's a question to be asked at the beginning of this special. Thinking uh, of any real Muppet thing that we're probably going to be making fun of anyway. But the thing that I like, literally the first thing I wrote down in my notes is, is this ironic or no? Because I think that's the question of parody is like, like, are they deliberately doing this poorly or are we, are, are they um, trying to do like Miss Piggy's like the star of this big time show? And like, yeah, she's kind of singing poorly or whatever, but like the backup dancers are putting everything into it. It's super cheesy, but it's also 1981. So well, did they know that was speaking cheesy? Speaking of the dancers, like, like Anita Mann was the choreographer for this. Same choreographer as the great Muppet Keeper. And the dancing yeah. is so much worse. Like the dancers in this are stiff and awkward. <laughs> and the dancers in that movie seem like actual professional dance. Like Steve Whitmire is one of them in this. You guys. Yeah, he shows up a lot on camera in this thing. More than I had remembered. But yeah, it's it's a totally different um, style of choreography, I think, that she was going for, because in The Great Muppet Caper, she's doing a big movie musical throwback. And then this is just like a variety show, which I think it's, uh, like it's watching it's just it. Barbara Mandrell and the Muppets. Yeah, well, it also occurred to me, like in the 70s, they were doing a show that was partially a throwback to vaudeville. I mean, a lot of it was just like a 70s variety show. But now... It's 1983, and they're doing a throwback to the style of 70s variety show that was completely, like, obsolete by this point. It, it kind of reminded me of what I've seen of, of Cher's solo variety show. Yeah. Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think, I, uh, I do think that is what they're doing. Um, that I would, like, just, um, I just want to talk for, it's, I just need to talk about Judy Garland for just a minute. Um, Please that, do. Please. Like the Judy Garland show, like 1963. Um, I took the liberty of of watching the first episode, which I had never seen before, for watching this because I figured it was gonna it was gonna come up. Um, and the show is like it starts with like huge sweeping orchestra number with like brass and violins and kettle drums, and harp, all making as much noise as they possibly can, and like everything is centered around like. Then the star comes out, and everybody around them is just like pointing at her and kind of making a frame for her to come out and be super important. And then she sings like the song, the first song that she sings is kind of about um, the show itself. And like, you know, they have guest stars on and the guest stars are just there to adore her. And so they sing like love songs and it's, you know, obviously sort of intended to be meant as singing about Judy Garland. And so it's kind of like, and she's a little drunk and she's like she's kind of ragged. Um, and so things are sort of like, it's all about how great she is, but also it's all kind of like propping her up just in case. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's what they're doing is they're making this huge, crazy show to put this frame around Miss Piggy as if she is um, the biggest, most important thing in the world. And then because it's Frank Oz and it's Miss Piggy and she is what she is that like, she just lives to like rub up against that and make that, uh, you know, not to not make that easy for anybody. Right. I, I hope that you're right because 
if you look at this special as as it is being it is an homage it is done a bit ironically then like it's much funnier it's much more bizarre that you know like i don't like everything that you said it's you know they're propping piggy up she's a terrible singer the jokes are bad there's chaos behind the scenes like that makes sense but if it's like no 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 it's like Miss Piggy is the pig of the 80s and everyone loves her because she's a big movie star now. Let's give her her own special. Then it's just like, oh, that uh, it, it's a that's a that's a big miss. So so this is this is that post-structuralist moment where I think the answer is that it's both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, but OK, but here's here's my problem with your theory, oh. Danny. And I always I always love and respect your theories, of course, and I'm, <laughs> I love to hear them. But where does we're gonna do a really unfun John Ritter wearing a hard hat that's just a bad Muppet Lab sketch that's sluggishly paced? Like, where does that fit into this Judy Garland show theory? Because it's just like it's just Ken Berry on an episode of Sunny and Chair or something. You know, it's it's now, nothing. You you say that, and yet I think that sketch is actually really funny. Uh, I think <laughs> I, have, I think I have a lot to say. I'm about to say about that sketch when we get yeah. to it. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Um, so just like there's, so a question is, is kind of, um, is like, this is about camp. Um, and sure. I'm just, okay. I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do all of my like pretentious talk all the way up front. Um, Go for it. Uh, camp is, uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, the sort of like yeah. excess and artificiality. It's, it's essentially like, um, camp is associated with homosexuality, but isn't like equivalent to it. Um, it's sort of a celebration of like artifice and frivolity and pretentiousness and excess. And um, like, so, you know, RuPaul is sort of like the, the current, like really obvious example. Like you're not and very deliberate, yes, like just having fun with yeah, it. That you're not supposed to think like, Oh, RuPaul is a beautiful woman. You're supposed to think RuPaul is like, a crazy gorgeous like dude dressed up as a woman who is like sort of like bigger and brassier and more feminine than real women are um (laughs) and so like the quote that i have is is from this christopher isherwood novel in 1954 who was like one of the first people who wrote about it who said um you can't camp about something that you don't take seriously you're not making fun of it you're making fun out of it and so i think that's what Mm. that's what they're doing here like that's the the thing where it's both that like they're sort of embracing like the cheesiness and the excess of it. And they're making fun. They're making fun with it. Like they're making fun out of it. I think Um, it's a very complex, this is, I, you know, it's like the great Muppet caper that I think you can't watch unless you have a graduate degree, like fantastic Miss Piggy show. (laughs) I think then is, is the TV special that like, that then takes that to, to TV and to the masses. And like, I totally get that. Nobody, Nobody gets it but me. Like nobody likes it but me. Um, I'm totally down for that. But I will. I will be here. I will be here to defend. Uh, I, I like your comparison to to talking about RuPaul, especially because as we're recording this, the first episode of Muppets Now launched recently, and we uh, we saw RuPaul and Miss Piggy have a little moment together. And it's true. Like there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. You know, a man performing a woman who uh, who lives her life as this excessive diva. Um, and uh, you know, to look at the Fantastic Miss Piggy show through that lens, especially of 
excess is the only word I can think of. Yeah. It's just like excess upon excess, which is, you know, who Miss Piggy was, especially in, in the eighties. Yeah. And this is, I, like, I feel like this must've been sort of the waning days of like the general public loving Miss Piggy as much as for example, we all do. Yeah. Because, you know, the Muppet show has been over for a couple of years. They're, you know, they're, first movie was a big hit their second movie was not as big a hit they're going to make another movie but um i actually think yeah, that, I, I, that this is the end of that this is literally like they also exactly. in 1981 there was like the miss piggy's guide to life was on the bestseller right. list for months and months people absolutely adored miss piggy and henry beard co-wrote this who wrote yeah. Miss yes. guide to life. yeah this is not written by so the usual this is like Muppet very TV much guys. like yeah it's, it, yeah it so is, this is like very much in the like miss piggy's guide to life and it's like it's kind like of a, part of that. It's kind of a challenge to America. Like you liked Miss Piggy's, so you got Miss Piggy's Guide to Life. You liked that. That's a weird. That's a weird thing we just did, and you were totally into that. Let's just see how far we can take this Miss Piggy thing. And I think, like, clearly they hit that point. I think, like, they hit that point for everybody who's who I'm talking to right now, including me. Like, there is they a point. Found the threshold. Even for me, there's a point yeah. late in the in the special. I'm just like, and now I'm done. Well, it's like, here, you like Miss Piggy? How about an entire hour of just, just Miss Piggy? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. Did anyone come out and say, yes, I like Miss Piggy that much? Because I, I think, I mean, personally, as much as I like the character, she works best in on in ensemble, you know, as as like a like one fifth if not one twelfth of, of the cast of whatever's going on, because she can be brash and she, you know, she can be obnoxious and like the joke of like, she's a, a bad singer. She's kind of overweight. Like it gets a little old after a while. And so to, to have a whole hour that's really just dedicated to her, that joke is hammered home hard. Yeah. And like, we're not really laughing at it by the end of this thing. Yeah. That's really you, you say that, but I think like we'll get there eventually. <laughs> I think the last five minutes are the best part of this whole thing. Yeah, like, so standalone mm. for sure. I do too. standalone. I I agree. But like watching the special straight through by the end of that, like I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. But like yeah, when yeah. she's like like her last couple of numbers with uh, Tony Clifton and all that, it's like I I don't know. I'm done. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to wrap this stuff up. Yeah, but you know, right. for sure. Okay, so so just going through it then. Um, I, I'm always interested in in the billing. Like we we talked about, uh, it was I think guest uh, Dudley Moore and special guest Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. in the Muppets Go to the Movies. So here we have the Fantastic Miss Piggy so, show starring Miss Piggy, featuring Frank Oz. So this is one of the few times that a Muppet performer yeah. gets like way up, you know, way up top billing. And then guest stars, John Ritter, Tony Clifton, special guest star, George Hamilton. Right. So whatever, you know, if he had a better agent or he was just maybe because he was more of a movie star than a TV guy, George Hamilton is a special guest star and Jim Henson's Muppets. So all the other Muppet characters are just relegated to yeah. the end of the, the opening credits. And that does the, the Miss Piggy as sort of the central figure in the star. I think it does come from, uh, the calendars that they done so by this point by 1982 like it was they done what was it like pig dreams in 1980 
Um, were you guys around in the eighties? Is this just me that I'm I'm the only I, I was old enough? We, not we were all we were all born in it's the eighties. Okay, I'm the, old, <laughs> I'm the oldest. Mean, yeah. I'm the oldest person. All right, uh, like it was a real thing. Like getting those calendars as they came out and having them on the wall all year. Um, I actually have the eighty two hanging up in my house right now. It's great, right? Because a, a, after um, leap year, it works for twenty twenty. <laughs> So I'm actually like using it as a calendar right now. Okay. That was, that was a big deal. And it was like actually seriously popular. Like those pictures, you would see those pictures outside of the calendar, like in other, like in like a life magazine article. Um, uh, And Miss Piggy's Guide to Life, that was like a real thing that people were really into. And that is just 100% as much Miss Piggy as you can get in a book. Um, yeah, so they weren't, and Piggy was on the actual cover of Life magazine, I yes, think. Yeah, in in uh, an article that was called "The Year of the Pig," nineteen eighty. Right. What's interesting too, though, about the, the stuff that you just mentioned, so like like magazines, calendars, the Guide to True. Life book, uh, Frank Oz isn't in any of those. Like he was not involved mm. at all with that character. Which you know, going back to talking about the credits and for Frank Oz to get second billing underneath Miss Piggy, it's like, yeah, I mean this is inside baseball, but like, yeah, yeah. Like you liked all that stuff, but like, this is Frank's piggy. Now yeah, Frank's got it's the probably a, like a really smart move on his part to get his name out there. Because even now, like he's people who only know the names of one or two Muppet performer. He's the second guy that they know the name of yeah. after Jim Henson. And, and that was true at the time too. Like Frank Oz definitely got like he, he, that name was definitely known. Like Jim Henson and Frank Oz was known as like, um, as the only Muppeteers. And, and when people talked about Piggy, they talk about Frank. Um, yeah. But also like, I think we all know that like Frank Oz has a, a, I don't know what to say, like a satirical streak, a little bit of like a mean streak kind of like it's stuff. I think that came out, especially like later on when he would do Miss Piggy interviews that yes. like late in the day when he's like on Regis and, and Kathy Lee and he, oh man you know what I'm talking about right like he's just there to be so oppositional good. like yeah he's described right, Martha, that Martha as, Stewart. as yeah he's described that as, as him wanting to make it interesting by approaching the interviews with a point of view but it does <laughs> yeah it comes across as like does he really want to be here maybe he's well, just making trouble well and we'll we'll talk about this later but Ryan just found a newspaper article from when Mubba Sick Manhattan came out that has Miss Piggy cap and the caption says, Miss Piggy makes third movie, Frank Oz. And the caption says, tired of pig puppet. Yes. Yeah. That was from an article where it mentioned like the, the, the reporter was on the set and it talked about Frank doing a scene with Piggy and then pulling the puppet off and saying, after this movie, I never want to see this pig again as long as I live. (laughs) That's that just was, two years after this. Like yeah. that's not that's not the nineties. You know that's not Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, but, but I feel know, like that's that is part of this as well. Like that there's some. This is some of potentially Frank Oz saying, you know what, y'all, you, if you really love Miss Piggy, and the only thing when you talk to me, the only thing you want to talk about is Miss Piggy. Nobody wants to talk about Yoda. Nobody wants to talk about any other thing. About right. Him. Well, and he's already been bitten by the directing bug by this yeah, point. I will he's just, made I'm gonna he, the Dark you, Crystal. I'm going to give you the difficult, obstructionist, like, Miss Piggy, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. I, and I love that. I feel like that's, you know, I mean, Muppet Show Miss Piggy is always going to be the number one for me, but, like, close yeah. second is Miss Piggy on, on talk shows. And, like, I kind of wish that we got more of that in this special. Um, and the 
the first example that does come to mind is uh, uh, during the opening credits, you can hear yes. Piggy like shouting to people backstage, which is hysterical. And I got the feeling that that was just Frank being like, yeah, I'm going to yeah, do a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't Turn the camera on. Well, Here goes, we go. No, she goes you know? up. Like, the thing is, like, she's, she goes up into the ceiling. Yeah. She's sort of lifted into the ceiling. And then as the credit's going, she's, she's saying, like, wait, I'm stuck. Like, go and get a ladder. And they get a ladder. Um, and she's saying it's cold, you know, it's cold up here. Starring the fantastic Miss Piggy. Featuring Frank Oz. With guest stars, John Ritter. Tony Clifton. Special guest star, George Hamilton. And Jim Henson's Muppets. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like this show, Miss like Frank Oz is kind of angry. Miss Piggy is kind of angry. And this is kind of an angry show, which is something that I love about it. Yeah. Do you think that's who Frank Oz really is? Like, he's just like I such an angry guy. Is, is when I say that, like, I don't, I don't think it's angry. Like he's full of rage at all. I think it's just, no. he's really smart. Um, and show business is really fake. And that's, yeah. and, and so when he goes on these talk shows, like that's what he's angry about is like, yeah, you you you're trying to do like a cooking segment like even when he's he's like <laughs> these i don't know if other folks know like these talk show appearances <laughs> that we're talking about is a lot of it is around like in the kitchen with miss piggy like cookbook he does these like interviews he goes to all these talk shows and is it i think it's regis and kelly where um where regis and kelly where they're actually like trying to do a real cooking segment of like here i'm doing this thing from your book and Frank Oz has no interest in doing a cooking segment. It's like the right. yeah, right. He had nothing to do with the book. Yeah. Well, no, and, he didn't and, write the and book. He actually says it's not his book. Like I don't care about this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. Like, Who cares? Let's just go wild. Let's just combine things together. But like the 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 talk show format demands. Like the viewers are actually trying to like write down this recipe. We have to just do this recipe. <laughs> and she right. she is and, not participating. Right. No, she's well. It's it's so great because she's not having it. But not also, Regis, R.I.P. A consummate pro. Yes, looks like he is about to tear Miss Piggy off of Frank Oz's arm and throw it on the ground. Yeah, like <laughs> it's so good. She's she's not playing along. Uh, so I just I think like so it's not anger like she hates anybody. It's just anger like I'm so bored with show business. Yeah, I and I, I like so to think boring. of Frank Oz as uh, like the the Muppet World's lovably cranky uncle. Yeah. Um, also, actually, I'm so, so, like we're so bad at starting uh, podcasts. Uh, there's um, there's one more thing I thought that, that we could mention up here, which is like the the two writers, um, Buzz Cohen and and Henry Beard. Henry Beard, yeah. Um, Buzz Cohen, like, was he he uh, he wrote a lot of specials like this. Like, he's I think he was like the reality guy. Variety specials and uh, yeah, like award shows. And in like. In yeah. the early 70s. And that's why it feels yeah. exactly like one. But like he did, like, but in between like 1970, 1972, he did like the Bing Crosby's Winter Show <laughs> and the Perry Como Winter Show and Bing Crosby and the Sounds of Christmas and the Arthur Godfrey Christmas special and like mm. all of these like 70s, like built around a celebrity specials. Um, so he's the one who knows like the thing that we're making fun of. And then the other guy's Henry Beard from the National Lampoon. And he's the one who's like, gonna weaponize that he's the one you would expect to come up with something more satirical yes. yeah 
The other thing about Buzz Cohen, I, I had uh, when I looked him up because I didn't really know who he was. Um, he worked on the show Our Place, which was the 1967 oh, yeah. summer variety series hosted by Ralph the Dog. Um, so that, that's his original Muppet connection. And um, he also wrote the lyrics for the Michael Jackson song, Gone Too Soon. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a career. What a strange career. We are now, we, we are now clear to go into on the to actual the content of the special. All right. Um, well, so th- throughout the whole yeah, thing. So what happens? Yeah, throughout what? the whole I'm thing. Just, uh, I just realized I'm, I'm the mistake of this episode. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah I'm, I'm so angry and i'm just demanding you all stop and listen to everything i say i'm sorry please please continue um throughout the whole episode we have all of the other muppets relegated to this control room where they're running the show yes. like they they never get to do an act on the stage they never get to participate in the show they're just running the show from the control room which is sort of like uh, halfway between the backstage of the Muppet Theater and the control room set from the Jim Henson Hour because there are all these monitors and switches and things. Um, but they are completely isolated from the action. Yeah, I was... Uh, well, first of all, so Kermit and Fozzie do go on stage once. That's true. Kermit in introduces an act. Just, uh, it, and Yeah, but that's the only time that any Muppet, aside from Miss Piggy, is, is quote-unquote on stage. Um and the other thing that I, I was thinking about, and I didn't really do a deep dive on the research on this, so you guys can help me fill in the blanks, but I was trying to think of like, like Kermit went from being a showrunner mm-hmm. on The Muppet Show to being very specifically a TV director. And uh, I, I mean, I assume this is the first time we've we've seen him as like a TV Where director. He's, like he's actually calling um, the, the shots like camera one, camera two. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I just found that interesting that like, that's kind of the natural progression of like, they did a stage show. Now they're big TV mm. stars and like Kermit is the director. And I wrote down uh, the, uh, why did I write down? Oh, uh, the, um, sorry, the uh, uh, 2015 uh, sitcom where he's also like, he's more of a producer in that role, but he's still like filling in the behind the scenes of a, uh, of a TV show. He, they must've done that a few other times, but like that's become like Kermit's well, role. Right? Muppets tonight. It seems like he's the, I don't know, executive producer or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's just behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, right. like really, really on Muppets tonight, he's Steve Whitmire can't be the host, frankly, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like they never really explain what his job is, but he's just kind of in charge. He's just Kermit. Kind he's of? just always around. He's like, I'm there. If you need me, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, can, so can we talk about those control room scenes real quick? Yeah, I, I figured yeah. we could, like, if, if you have anything to say about all of the control room scenes, now this, now's the time. Fozzie's the only one who gets to do anything fun. Like, even when Piggy's not on screen, Frank is still the star of this, because Fozzie gets all the jokes. Right. There are a few things, like, that sound like ad-libs to me. Like, there was something Gonzo said, I forget what it was. It's, like, when everyone's talking at once, and I heard Gonzo say something that made me chuckle. But, yeah, otherwise, it's, it's like, all the Muppet performers kind of, they probably showed up for a day or two, and, you know, that was it for them. Except. Yeah, you, and, and I, I hate to say, like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Anthony. Just, except for Jerry Nelson, who's not in this at all. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't oh, know why, yeah. and I wonder why. And he's not the announcer, which, like, is one of the things that sets it apart. Right. Yeah. Too you know, makes it feel less Muppets and more generic network special. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, he's, he, not, he's not credited and none of his characters are there. I don't know why. 
Well, I was going to say about, about Fozzie being the only one who gets to be funny in this. It's like, despite the fact that like, it really is Kermit and Fozzie and a bunch of background Muppets, it's still kind of the most fun thing in the whole special. I think because there's like this air of chaos behind the scenes that we're so used to from the Muppet world. And like, I wanted so much more of that. Mm -hmm. And instead it's like, we just got like a little, a little taste and then back to Piggy doing some bit or something. Yeah. Like one of the highlights from that too, for me was when um, Kermit calls for a camera and Fozzie tells Rizzo to do it. And Rizzo hits the button with his nose. Yeah. I was like, that's a fun little moment. (laughs) I, I really, I like these control room scenes so much. I just think they're, I think they're funny. I think Kermit actually gets a bunch of like really funny moments. Um, He's got like a bunch of funny scenes. And uh, they, they're doing the same shtick in um, Elmo's talk show, the uh, Elmo's Not Too Late show oh, yeah. on HBO Max, where like Elmo's doing the show, but you know, you've got, I think it's like Curry Dawn and, and Rosita and yeah, like a whole bunch of other characters like in the control room. And like, there's not like as many bits as there is here, but like they're mm-hmm. there, you know, they're, they're working. You gotta the give show. them something to do. They're filling the background. Yeah. Um, there, there was like a few moments in here that I thought were really interesting or, or funny. Um, just like you know, some of the some of the jargon I thought was was funny. Like Kermit says, "Camera one has a two shot, yeah. camera two has a one shot, yeah. camera three has a shot of camera well, four. The fun, like that's funny. The, the funny thing about that though is Fozzie's trying to count them on his fingers. Fozzie's <laughs> like, you, it's audio yeah. podcast, but Fozzie's like pointing everywhere, like looking at his hands. Oh, that is so cute. That is Kermit's counting out the shots. I think that's, that's so funny. Uh, I also. I wrote down the whole the whole jargon thing that Kermit does in one bit. <clears throat> he says, okay, now listen, Fozzie, for the consumer segment, I want a superimposition of cameras, number one and three, fading in from the chroma key background as two is dollying, for, dollying in for the truck shot on a wide angle split screen after the countdown. And Fozzie says, right, one number 36. <laughs> yes, that was good. That's that a was, good line. Excellent, yes. Uh, and then, I love uh, jokes like that. You mentioned Rizzo earlier. Um there is a moment where uh, Kermit has to leave the control room for a minute and he asks Rizzo to take over. And was that foreshadowing? <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, good, good point, good point. Whoa. It's like they knew, but they couldn't have known because <laughs> it was 1982. And also, Interesting. you know. And then, and then Rizzo turns into Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an unexpected twist. Um, so... Uh, after our first control room scene, Miss Piggy introduces the guest stars, John Ritter and George Hamilton. Um, John Ritter, of course, the star of Three's Company, still at the time for a couple more years. Um, George Hamilton, I know he was a movie star, I <laughs> guess. I don't really know what his big break was. Or he, he had had a hit a few years before this with Love at First Bite, which is a vampire comedy. But I guess he was just kind of like a, a guy that people had seen around in movies and TV. Yeah, I also wrote down, why is George Hamilton famous? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that was a, that was a mystery at the time as well. Well, he was, <laughs> he was, he was comedy Zorro right before this. Yeah. Zorro right. He was in late is 1981. Yeah. Okay. But was that a which hit? It was like, I, I don't think it was a huge hit, but it was like heavily advertised. People were aware of it. Love yeah. That first, okay. that first bite did well. I remember that, but right, like, yeah. weirdly, so oh, I can't believe I didn't look that. Who was he married to? Who was he married to? Uh, Alana Stewart from seventy-two to seventy-five, and then he was partnered with Kimberly Blackford in the nineties. All right, maybe not. I thought that he was. I thought he was like 
not married to Elizabeth Taylor, but like somebody like that, that he had a very famous spouse, but I guess not. Um, I mean, I'm just, but Taylor had so many husbands. There's, you know, name an actor from that period. There's a pretty good chance he was married to Elizabeth Taylor. I, uh, I am, I am currently looking on his Wikipedia page, which is Thank why you. I had that in my, in my fingertips. Of course. Right. Um, the weird thing is that he, he's also, in, he also plays Robert Duvall in Godfather three. One of yes. the worst, yes. one of the worst recasts. I know which he's not several years after playing this. the same character, but he's bad and he's bad. So the, the weird thing is he was really famous for being tan. Right. So that, that comes is up in the like show. when you ask people. Yeah. Yeah. And if folks don't get that, then there's quite a lot of the Fantastic Miss Piggy show that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> and I cannot explain why he was famous for being tan, but it was, I was there and it was real. Like that was the <laughs> thing that you knew well, about him. And, and even like when they, when KFC did like a series of, a different celebrity is playing Colonel Sanders. Mm-hmm. They had him play like the tan and crispy Colonel Sanders. Yeah. yeah. In like 2015 or something. Yeah. It was recent. Everybody still knows it. Like, yeah. So it's kind of like late seventies, early eighties. There were just things that like were super popular that, that people were getting into. It was like you know, playing arcade games and jogging and aerobics, <laughs> which we're about to get to and like, and tanning. And like, that was a thing in the late seventies and early eighties was that like, this mystique of like blonde people in California just laying out on the beach all the time and getting this glorious tan. And, and right. he was kind of the epitome of that piece of the zeitgeist. Hmm. I don't know why, but uh, like, that whole part of his persona, it, it makes me think of like, it, like an old timey Hollywood thing, even though it yeah. kind of isn't an old timey Hollywood thing, but like, I don't know. I, like he seems like old Hollywood to me. Is this just me? I mean, you know, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think he's like a parody of old Hollywood, right? Yeah, like, maybe that's what it is. He's like, I mean, there's like, you know, he does a Cary Grant imitation in this, yes. you know, yes. but like he's doing, he's doing an imitation of Tony Curtis doing a Cary Grant imitation in some like, <laughs> yes. right? Like, right, yeah. he's, he's like a parody of a parody of old Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so in this little bit, uh, John Ritter gives Piggy a kiss for luck and then George Hamilton gives her another kiss from him and then... Uh, John Ritter gives her more luck and Hamilton. Uh, oh, she then she turns to George Hamilton expectantly. So then it becomes this thing where like uh, basically John Ritter finds Miss Piggy attractive and desirable and George Hamilton does not. And she exactly. and she is super into George. Yes. And Piggy wants to get with George Hamilton. But not John Ritter. I actually that's I think right. that dynamic between the three of them throughout the special is hysterical. And it's kind of. It's kind of like, like, it's not really like, it doesn't fly so well now, especially like John Ritter's advances on Miss Biggie. But I do think that it's funny that one of them wants her. She wants the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I feel like the joke with John Ritter though, and I agree that it does play a little off-puttingly. It is a little creepy Um, now, yeah. But I I think the joke is that she does that with every male guest star, right? She's right. Piggy Piggy is Rudolph Nureyev in the, in the sauna now. Right, like, like, like that's the joke, and and she is currently doing exactly the same thing to George Hamilton as well. So yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. You, you, and she's like she's so disinterested in him that she calls him John or Johnny and not Jonathan, which I think oh. is such a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, like she doesn't do that like call them by a formal name thing that she does all the time. I love that piggy thing. I, she doesn't really do that anymore now. 
but I wish you would. You should write Eric Jacobson a letter and tell him to start doing that. <laughs> I, maybe I will. Hey, man, here's how to do your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he's listening right Which now. You're doing, you're um, doing excuse fun. me. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, so then we have Snacksercise. Which is I? Why believe... isn't she eating? Well, why yes, isn't she eating? You can't even that's move her arms. Point. That's a great point, and that's also a great point. <laughs> I think why... this is inspired by the. So this is the era of like the Jane Fonda workout videos yes. and, and the aerobics is a, something that people do now. So yes, as as we have hip, indicated, it's now the kids love it. <laughs> <laughs> Songs, so this is shootings. This is just Miss Piggy sitting on this platform, just sitting there uh, (laughs) talking about, it's as if she's going to start talking about working out and then lead some exercises, but she doesn't actually do any exercises because she doesn't exercise. She eats. That's what snack exercise is. And then she just sits there and talks about eating uh, a banana split and a candy bar while the dancers behind her act out the motions of eating those things. And, I, and that's it. And it doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's bad. I hate it. It's this terrible. Easily the, the worst part of ma- not just this special, but of the 1980s. To warm up, we will begin with some banana splits. Ready? Here we go. Lift the dish, grab the spoon, take a bite and chew, 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 swallow. Yes, tray good. And this is what they lead with. Like this is the first thing after the opening. This is their big and and on the album, I think it's like I, I like that album. I like that mm-hmm. track on that album. Right. right. So yeah, yeah we should like explain. Yeah, we should explain for those who don't know that <laughs> Snack Exercise is a track from Miss Piggy's Aerobic Workout Exercise album, which came out that same year, also part of the like also as a response to the the current workout craze. Yeah. So I guess they just Felt like they wanted some kind of tie-in to that. I don't know if this was necessarily the best track to use from that, but yeah, it doesn't well, really amount. And they anything. don't they don't say anything about the album. They're not like that's true. Explicitly promoting the album. She doesn't say know? here's yeah here's a song from my new record that you, you just have to buy. know. You just have to, <laughs> right. to walk into I don't know Coconuts music. Did that exist in 1982? Probably not. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, it's. Sam Sam Goody, there it is. Um, it got it's it's so bad. It's I feel like embarrassed for Piggy, for Frank Oz, for all the dancers in the background who were forced to do this thing. Uh, it's not funny. It's not interesting to look at. Um, I will say so. Uh, if anyone out there is an Amazon Prime member, um, they put some Jane Fonda workouts on there from the eighties. <laughs> and my wife and I watched one, and she did the exercise, and it, it was actually really challenging uh, and she's like yeah. a fitness person so you know whatever that tells you um but it was interesting to have just recently watched an 80s jane fonda yeah exercise yeah thing, and then just watch this um there's really no comparison i mean there's i mean you know you know what it is it's you know 80s it's like warmers it's moving around to to a to a funky funky beat um but still i don't know it was cool yeah <laughs> All right. So then uh, we are, this is actually technically a control room scene, I guess, but we're introduced to Kevin T. Gregory from the network who wants to talk to Kermit. And you kind of think that he's going to give Kermit a hard time about how the show is going. 
But he doesn't. He just kind of says hi to Kermit, and then they talk about the next number, and that's it. I mean, Comedy gold. At least that. At least. <laughs> Well, but at least that pays off at the end. Like, yeah, I guess that's they had to introduce the network guy for to bring him back later for that. But also, those scenes out in the hallway do not feel like the control room team. Like, they don't feel like this special. Like, they it feels like we're watching like a gritty seventies movie. An actual, well, it's an actual hallway. Every time they go in that hallway, walk around the back. Yeah, it's right. You're President's Men all of a sudden, yeah, or something. It's bizarre. (laughs) Hmm, that's interesting. Well, I guess the control room where the Muppets are as a set probably yeah. that was built so the puppeteers could maneuver. I, I like that. Yeah, the hallway is probably a real hallway. I like that Kermit has stuff to do. Um, sure. That Kermit is like a real, he's a real character uh, in the show. Uh, so I kind of like that. I like, I, liked, I like him like talking in the hall. I don't know. He, he like in a way that like Piggy is entirely about artifice, like in general and in this show. And like Kermit in the show feels to me like the core of like reality. Like he's the real person um, and kind of keeps it grounded. Sure. I guess it does also kind of feel like one of his like backstage talking to a guest star on the Muppet show, just talking about how the show is going. So yeah, it gives Kermit something to do. So then we have oh, the wait. pagan ritual number. Wait, oh yes, Joe. Sorry, before, before you go on. So we, we didn't even mention like the Kevin T. Gregory, the network vice president, is played by a guy named Tom Harvey. Uh, yes, he's because, a Canadian character actor. Yeah, he, his name is not actually Kevin T. Gregory. Um, and I, I didn't recognize a whole lot of his IMDb. He's uh, one of those like guys who's been in a million things because yeah. he's just some character actor. But uh, he was in Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Um, he was uh, in the 1967 Spider-Man animated series as Electro and Sandman. Yeah, um, I did see that. Awesome. <laughs> yep, I thought that was neat. Uh, I don't That's know. Fun. I, I mean, look on his IMDb. He's done a million things, yeah. and then he just passed away like like five or six years ago. Oh, we missed we missed R. his R. obit. Fake network vice president. Yes. I know. Uh, oh. for Tom Harvey. To uh, okay, so the pagan ritual number. This well, is another thing that you would probably not see now. I want to. Um, I want to know if if Anthony has like the super angry five word hot take capsule review. Like you did for snacks or something. Okay, Anthony, well, go. I, I want that. I want well, like no, why I isn't she eating? Like, I want I, that I, no, hot take. Well, the only <laughs> the only hot take is that I'm disappointed in Jorah. because the thing about it, you know, like I I think that the whole thing is just kind of like impressively weird, <laughs> but the song feels like just like some hacky nonsense, and Joe Raposo wrote it. Like I'm I'm I'm. I'm disappointed in a, in a hero. Oh, All right, that's he what was I was probably very busy at the time with other projects. <laughs> he may not have been able to <laughs> to give this song his fullest attention. I, uh, can, I mean, I can give you like a quick one word take on um, that. I w- was expecting Anthony to say, which is racist. This thing is mad. Oh, yeah, racist. yes, correct. Well, that's what I mean. You correct. wouldn't see this now. Yeah, we just don't do things like this now. <laughs> But I mean, it, it is like I, I think this the special must have been 
pretty expensive because you have things like the, this giant Idle. tiki idol head that really just for one number that Miss Piggy climbs on top of and then falls off mm-hmm. of. And then that's pretty much it. Steve Whitmire is pretty prominent in this one. He has a couple lines in the song. He says, I like your bikini. Yeah. And, his, and his voice is unmistakable. Also, <laughs> yes, like, It sounds like a Steve Whitmire Muppet. Essentially. Yeah. It's just um, like, it's just like Merlin Fraggle is there all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> uh, did, did any of you guys also think about the fact that like, there was a couple of very subtle references to the previous two, because they're like, this special is promoting Muppets, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, right? No, the special. No, it's not promoting anything. anything. No, I mean, it's, it's not promoting just, anything. It's two it's years special. before that. Oh, it's two years before Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. Well, it's just right. promoting Miss Piggy. Forget I said that, but it is. It does <laughs> feel like there's references to the previous two movies mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I think only people like us would ever notice. Uh, one of which is that uh, Miss Piggy is carried out by four strong men. Yes. Uh, like she's on like a throne, they're carrying her out, and Frank Oz is like hidden inside the the chair, which I always find amusing. But like they did yeah. the same bit in uh, Muppets Go to the movie, Muppets Go Hollywood, yeah, in mm. uh, which promoted Muppets the Muppet movie, uh, yeah. And uh, later in the sketch, uh, Piggy's like you said, she's climbing up the um, the right, uh, the looks, idol, yeah. And it's the same thing, same thing as when she, the, all the Muppets are climbing up uh, the Mallory Gallery, even though Miss Piggy's not in that scene. Oh yeah, it's the the same like puppetry move of right. her her arms and legs yeah, the arm up and the, the side of and the elbow are, are alternating as she cli- like sidles up yeah. the side. Yeah, yeah, and there are a few moments in this where it's fun to play the game of where is Frank Oz right now? Yeah, <laughs> he's inside things or under things or behind things. He's 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 inside things or under things or at the store buying a can of beans. <laughs> Yes, and nobody bothers him because nobody recognizes him. I, I, I'm going to start a blog called "Where's Frank Oz Now," and it's really just like TMZ <laughs> shots of Frank Oz under stuff, buying beans at different stores. You love you beans. Know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but you you already have that blog. It's called <laughs> Tough oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. Anything. Oh, well, George Hamilton is in this number too, but I don't really like. He's yeah. just playing some kind of weird, broad character well, i'm not he's, sure if he's supposed to be anybody yeah he's the king of the luau they call him the king of the luau yeah um but he's but, doing this weird like hey, hey, hey look at me i don't know if he's playing a character that, like if it's supposed to be a caricature of somebody that we should know <laughs> well it's george hamilton be like oh, george george hamilton. <laughs> that is basically you guys he slices a watermelon he's a parody of gallagher <laughs> <laughs> perfect but like the here's the thing is like we're already we're already making fun of like pacific islanders played by a whole bunch of white people in this thing mm-hmm. like like a horrible parody of of like real a real race of people and then george hamilton comes out to play their king and he's just a white guy with a tan yeah like he might as well be in brown right. face right 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 well, well yeah. i don't know i mean he's just he always is tan though well, yeah, like but like, but you're, what, yeah, like why is it him and not John Ritter? It's because he's yeah. the tan guy. Right. Yeah. Right. True. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, wait. I had also, I'd written down uh, another uh, another Muppet movie reference is that um, he's wearing this golden turban in the in this mm. scene, which looks very much like the, the turban she's wearing uh, in the Muppet movie in the uh, during the, the movie scenes the, in the, the bookend. Yes. Yeah. Which was the style four years ago at this point. Yes. And I, th- I thought of another uh, re- reference to a Muppet movie, which is that in Muppet Treasure Island, they do this exact same racist bit. <laughs> there is that. Uh, I'm just going to speak up for the thing that I love about this number, 
which please do. Is, you're not allowed. We're, we're, we have to hate it I'm, as a group. No, I know, but I'm just I'm just going to be in there. Uh, <laughs> that this is the number where they try to kill Miss Piggy. They do. They want to eat her. Yeah. She doesn't realize I mean, it at first, but they want kind to of at eat the her. End, but like, so this is one where where she is. It's this weird tension of like she's brought out as like the idol. Um, the person that we are literally worshiping, like, and you have these like huge oil muscle men bringing her out. And it's very much like this variety show with celebrity, like we are all worshiping this person. And then it's really not clear whether they're worshiping her or they're going to kill her. Um, right. And then there's a point where she has to like battle them. And she basically tries to, it's, it's similar to what she actually does for real at the very end of like, she is at war with this musical number. Um, yeah, and it kind of turns out at the end that they sort of say like, "Oh no, that's not what we we're doing at all." I'm going to use this sword to chop up this watermelon, and so it's kind of a weird ending. <laughs> it's right. to serve man isn't right, a cookbook, right? <laughs> right yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like yeah. that kind of like uh, um, just the weirdness of is Miss Piggy like uh, being celebrated or cooked right now? Yeah, no, you're right, and that is a good way to do a number in a Muppet thing where they think that it's going to go one way and then it goes out of their control or out of Piggy's control specifically in this case. Yeah. All right. Next is the consumer advocate segment, also known as don't take it lying down sucker. That's a, that's um, a ear joke right there. Yeah. We talked about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it is big time. There, so, Piggy is hosting. John Ritter is there to test a hard hat. Um, they, a Piggy hits him on the head with a hammer, and then they drop a steel girder on his head, and that's it. It feels like, like you know, it's comedy. It's the rule of threes. There should be one more thing, even more ridiculous. Like, yeah. if this were a normal, if this were an episode of The Muppet Show, I would expect it to be like a walrus was going to land on his head. But it's, for, this special is not quite wacky enough for that yeah like a muppet walrus or you know a camel or something i was thinking i was thinking that sweetums would have come out and given a bonk on the head or something perfect yeah Yeah. but this the special is a little bit it's less absurd than the average muppet thing so that doesn't happen less less funny i that's that's what i say (laughs) I think Correct. I mean John Ritter is funny. He's he's given it his best shot. He stumbles John, John in. John like, Ritter is he's going for it. Yeah. yeah I mean that's, yeah. that is it what would, I think that's that is the point of this sketch is just like they have John Ritter and there's a lot of things that John Ritter is good at. Like John Ritter is sort of like unacknowledged now as like how just how really really funny he was. Um cuz he was mostly on shows that weren't actually that good. Um but he's really like he has many, many amazing comic skills, and one of them is he can get hit on the head. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was get, just a great slapstick. Yeah, guy. he falls down really well. He gets hit on the head really well. Like he does yeah. that, like um, kind of like adult and sort of you know, uh, he just that is a huge skill of his, and I think that's why this sketch exists. Yeah, I'm sure you're right, and he yeah, does a great I, job. You're right, and I think it, you know it doesn't. It's pretty short. If it had gone on longer, yeah. maybe. Yeah. You know, would have liked it less, but it's fine. You know, something uh, occurs to me with, with this conversation is, um, you know, on the old Muppet show, they would have like brought in a guest and they would have, you know, either like leaned heavily into their strengths or they would have let them do something that is completely opposite of, you know, like let Rudolph Nureyev sing a song, let, you know, Beverly Sills sing, you know, tap dancing, sing a country song or whatever. And, uh, 
here it's like we have two guest stars and it's like almost like it's a writer in their contract that you got to make jokes about George Hamilton's tan and you got to let John Ritter do the thing where he like gets hit and he kind of stumbles and falls to the ground. Yeah. Because he's so good at it. And like they they very much play to those those types of strengths that they have. But like Mm -hmm. a part of me is also thinking I would have rather seen, especially John Ritter, knowing what he was capable of, like let him do more. Let him like really I don't know. Do something that, that you can't see on Three's Company. Yeah, yeah. Like do a real musical been, number. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I mean, he kind of gets to do that at the end. He kind of a little does, bit. It it would have been better if they had let him be Buffy's mom's robot boyfriend. <laughs> Ted. Ted. <laughs> I guess I I see like George Hamilton and John Ritter in this as assets, and like and what we're seeing sure. like with the pagan number, and then with this, and then with this. Uh, consumer sketch is like we are deploying our assets um right that we have sure. paid, that we have paid money for yeah i also just want to say that uh back in the day my windows startup sound on my computer was john ritter on buffy as ted saying buffy how about a nice game of hard cheesing in his voice. <laughs> wow that's such a ryan Rowe thing to do <laughs> isn't it it is um, oh, I, I have one other thing I want to say about this sketch, and I, it's just that I really love Piggy's style in this. She's got yeah. like like the short crop blonde hair. She's wearing like a shirt and tie and these geek glasses. That like I oh, yeah. I think it's a great look that she, as far as I know, never use never wore anything like that again. It's yeah. so like anti Piggy, <laughs> like it's not glamorous and it's not like she's like we're not like looking at her fancy purple gloves or whatever. Yeah, and like I don't know. It's just like it's a great look for her. I think it's cool. Yeah, she has so many looks in this special, but that, this is a good one. Can I tell you this? This was going to come up later, but I counted how many costumes she wears. Mm. Special. She wears twenty three different costumes in this thing. Oh, I would not wow. have guessed that many. I should have made you guess. That's... I was going to guess twelve. No, twenty three. The calendar number. Almost. Oh, yeah. I was, right, was going to talk about this then. That that yeah. That the calendar number is like all about how many like. How many yeah. unbelievably great Callista Hendrickson costumes can you yep. waste? Like, because it, because, <laughs> just to be on screen for five yeah, seconds. Yeah, the whole number is just like one after another, and then she's gone yeah. and she never wears again. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This I didn't. I'm so glad that you counted that because 23 is an amazing number of costumes. And, and to be fair, I started counting like in the second scene because I had a feeling there'd be a lot. I had yeah. forgotten about the calendar number coming up. <laughs> right. That that was like a like, thing. Cause I was already expecting that number to be super high. And I was, I was yeah. just, you know, and especially like you say, some of these, like, I mean, calendar number, sure. That's the, it's the gag, but some of these it's like, like this one, for example, it's on screen for a minute and a half. Yeah. yeah. And then the scene is done and then we never see it again. As far as we know, Calissa Hendrickson burned that costume. <laughs> this is why I'm thinking like, this might be the most expensive yeah. uh, Muppet TV special, or at least up to this time. And they really like, that was the thing with Piggy, especially back then that, that they were so serious about was like, it's real couture. Like it's, you know, like oh, yeah. using real materials and it's hand stitched and like all this stuff. They, they're still kind of doing this now when she does like fashion magazine. Yeah. Stuff. Um, but yeah, but they put that effort into every single one of these costumes. I, yeah. I do hope these costumes are all well, like in a box at the center for puppetry <laughs> art somewhere or, well, and we'll probably talk about the the over the top gag credits at the mm. end. Yeah, but Callista Hendrickson's credit here 
is Miss Piggy's Stunning Gowns yes. by Calista yes. Hendrickson. Yeah. And it's it's the best credit she's ever received in anything because mm. it's it's like that's how she should always have been credited. Yeah, yes. in those days, <laughs> you yes. know, in the well, great and, it, paper. It and that's the thing too is like they had one person who that's that was her only job mm-hmm. was just making costumes for Piggy, and I, I don't know if that's how they do things now. They have someone who's like that's it's like having someone at Pixar who all they do is hair or something, but uh-huh. like. Uh, you know, the fact that, you know, maybe we weren't talking about like Louis Vuitton shoes or anything, but you know, she has her own, not just a yeah. stylist, but like someone who is creating original clothing for her for every shot that she's in. Yeah. 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 I great. don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, another person who is uh, extremely well-dressed is Tony Clifton, Tony Clifton, who has the next spotlight in the special. So, so before we before we go on, yeah, can okay. I just say that <laughs> Joe, I know you're an Andy Kaufman guy, Danny. I know you hate Tony Clifton. I have I'm so excited to hear you guys both talk. About this. <laughs> All right, go on. Ryan. Okay, well, okay. So background first. I think most people probably know, but I do. Tony Clifton I do was. Not, I do not think that is the case. <laughs> you don't think people know this? No, I think this is very complicated. Okay, I don't even well, understand it. Tony. Tony Clifton was the alter ego of Andy Kaufman, this comedian whose work is sort of legendary in in the way that he never did anything like traditional comedy. It was almost aggressively unfunny or like aggressive toward his audience at times, just unpredictable. Um, And sometimes he would appear on shows or in live appearances as this obnoxious, untalented lounge singer character, Tony Clifton. So where he's wearing this prosthetic makeup, he has the, like a fat suit and a wig and the sunglasses. So he was unrecognizable to people. But when, when people started to figure it out, he and Tony Clifton would both deny that they were the same person. And today we also know that sometimes when Tony Clifton would make appearances, it wasn't actually Andy Kaufman. It was his comedy writing partner, Bob Zmuda, who would put on the costume and be, and be uh, Tony Clifton for those performances. Um, side note, Joe and I have been to a Tony Clifton concert, which is perhaps a, a topic for another time. Wait, what? No, what are you talking about? This is the this is the only reason I decided to be on this episode of the podcast. Oh, okay. This is the only time you'll ever talk about this. <laughs> yeah, true. it was what, like 2007? Uh, it was, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. It was uh, supposedly a Hurricane Katrina relief. It was because um, it was soon after Hurricane Katrina, his ba- backing band was the, the they were all from new orleans that they were called something like the f hurricane katrina band not the not the word f you know what i mean um and they were amazing they were like a real jazz band like, the, were the band was fantastic yes. yeah uh and i don't know like like tony clifton was like doing his shtick that like we're all familiar with we're like you know he's singing bad songs and he's uh you know pouring water on some poor schmuck's head and even though it was like obviously a plant in the audience and like but the thing is is like uh, Bob Zamuda has talked about the difference between his Tony Clifton and Andy Kaufman's Tony Clifton. It's something that I want to talk about for, for this show too, is like the question of who is playing Tony Clifton in this special. And right. I assume that it's Andy Kaufman. Um, I assume this for two reasons. One is because it sounds like Andy Kaufman's voice to me. And the second reason is Bob Zamuda in Bob Zamuda's uh, autobiography. Um, he talks about this special which I meant to find and, and bring for this podcast, but I forgot, but yeah. uh, he talks about like Andy and Jim meeting and 
um, and they bonded over their love of Howdy Doody and things like that. Right, I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but what he also said unrelated to that is the difference between the two Tony Cliftons is that uh, Andy's Tony Clifton was abusive, uh, but Bob Zamuda's Tony Clifton was just obnoxious, and the Tony Clifton in the special is not abusive. Like he's not mm-hmm. like, he's not prodding at the people who are, who have hired him for the show. He's right. not um, making them regret that hiring him. He's just being obnoxious and playing into the joke, like yeah. very much leaning into the joke that he's yeah. obnoxious and like almost being like behind the scenes. Okay. With the fact that they're calling him obnoxious. Even yeah. when his, his act isn't really landing with the audience. Right. Exactly. He just, yeah, so that going. tells me that it might yeah. be Bob Zamuda, but I, I honestly don't know. I don't know that for sure. Well, I've gone since uh, I, th- I think I knew about Tony Clifton before the first time I saw this special. So I've gone back and forth so many times on is this Andy Kaufman <laughs> or is it Bob Zamuda? And th- this time I, I landed back on Andy Kaufman because I went and watched a couple of clips on YouTube of uh, Kaufman Clifton appearances and Smuda Clifton appearances. And this, this does sound more like Andy Kaufman doing the Tony Clifton voice. Um, also, I seem to recall, I don't have Bob Zamuda's book anymore, but when he talked about doing this special, he said something to the effect of uh, Tony Clifton was on his best behavior that mm-hmm. week, which makes me think that maybe Andy Kaufman was just like, okay, it's, it's the Muppets. I don't want to. Basically it's Jim too much. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if Andy did see Jim Henson as, as a bit of a kindred spirit. Yeah. And like, all right, I'm not right, going to exactly. screw with you. I'm going to give you what you want because you obviously love Tony. Like, I mean, I think they they hired to do this. Yeah. Tony, they didn't hire Andy Kaufman, you know, yeah. they like, because right. when you hire, I mean, according to the movie, Man on the Moon, like if you hire Andy Kaufman, you don't know if you're going to get Andy or Tony. Right. But in right. this case, it's like, no, they deliberately wanted Tony Clifton. I, I would love to know though whose idea it was to have Tony Clifton on the Fantastic Miss Piggy show. Like, was question. it just Jim Henson um, thought he was funny, or I, Frank Oz? Henry Beard. Yeah, kind of a that's Henry a good guess. Joke. Um, the other thing, though, as far as the evidence, um, there's a documentary on Netflix called "The Great Beyond" about um, the making of the Man on the Moon movie and Jim Carrey getting like way too into character as both Andy Kaufman and Tony Clifton. And there's a scene. I think it's from the set of man on the moon where people are watching this, this act from the fantastic Miss Piggy show. And someone asks like, is that, is that Jim? Or I mean, is that Andy or Bob? And um, Jim Carrey, I think says that's Andy. And then somebody else says, no, no, that's Bob. And then they, they all kind of like, they're all talking at once trying to figure out no one can really decide who it is. Uh, for what it's worth, I, I saw the great beyond and I don't believe a word of anything they do in that documentary. <laughs> I think it's all made up and I don't know why more people aren't saying that. Really? Yes. You, you don't think Jim Carrey was that into character, like pretending or like, like truly believing that the spirit of Andy Kaufman had entered his body <laughs> on the set. Well, now that you say it out loud, it sure does sound <laughs> believable, but it, I mean, it's Jim Carrey. He's a weird guy. Oh, he's so <laughs> weird. So weird. He must have been possessed by the ghost of Andy Kaufman. No, I'm not saying that he was possessed. I'm saying he thought he was possessed. <laughs> I actually There's think, a big difference. I think that all of this is actually kind of the point of, like, of Tony Clifton and of Tony Clifton's, like, appearance on this special. That, like, it's all this, there's all this stuff about, like, artifice and 
and is and, and camp of like, is this supposed to be real or is it not? Mm. Are we actually enjoying this or are we making fun of it? <laughs> um, and and Tony Clifton, like from what I I was not like an Andy Kaufman or Tony Clifton person. This was the first time I'd ever uh, encountered uh, Tony Clifton. Was this was watching the special? Um, like, I think like it's part of from what i understand like it's part of kaufman's like performance and what he was doing with tony like in all the places that he was that people like i don't think people could ever say okay i think what he's going for is x like there's right. these layers of like hoax and prank and he wants to keep direction like is he trying to upset people or is he like in intentionally trying to trick people to make fun of them for having a reaction to tony or is he like critiquing this? Like it's it's this very like I think this very kind of like camp performance, and yeah. especially like appearing in this special. I think people like America who was watching this. I think was not clear on like who is this guy? What is what like what is happening right now? Yeah, and that was probably that conf- that level of confusion was probably good enough for uh andy kaufman yeah. and his sort of performance art band of comedy yeah so w- anyway what tony clifton actually does is he sings this medley of songs about music including notably sing which originated on sesame street and was also a hit for the carpenters i am music and i'm with the song Um, and then he does his famous rhyming bit, which is just like <laughs> he thinks of a word and then thinks of other words that rhyme with it. Um, and backstage, we see that Piggy loves it. And I'm not quite sure why. Well, like, I'm not sure where. Grover does that same bit. <laughs> Grover does? Yeah. Rhyming. Rhyming words. It's, yeah. Grover loves to rhyme words. It's, it's... Does she think that she hired Ryan, Grover? Sesame Street. <laughs> I'm trying to think of when Grover did a bit where he, he rhymes words. Grover does the rhyming game. With the mom from Between the Lions in a Casablanca-themed commercial, Ryan. Anthony. Oh, that wow. sounds familiar. Oh, You're so angry this, about that this, commercial, Anthony. <laughs> this podcast has riled Anthony up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Andy Kaufman would be so happy. <laughs> no. This, is, this podcast is tearing us apart. Um I mean, I love the fact that that Piggy's the only one who who uh, thinks it's entertaining. I mean, she yeah. obviously sees it as like I think it's more of um, along the lines of like a Sam the Eagle joke, where she's she's seeing it as like, well, you're old Hollywood, you're you're Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. like that's why it's good. It must be good um, without actually looking at, at the quality or, or of the contents. So um, I I have the I think I have the kind of the connection here is with um, the. Kermitage, like Miss Piggy's collection of art masterpieces. Um, there's the, you know, it was a calendar and there's all these pictures that are amazing. Um, but also, I don't, have you guys read the book? There's a book. That, no, I actually haven't. That goes with it. It's so good. Um, that has, and so the, the idea of the book is like, this is essentially like the museum tour guide. 
that you get mm. as you're going into the Kermitage collection. Um, and Miss Piggy has, has acquired all of these amazing pieces of art and is showing them. Uh, and so all of the descriptions um, are sort of her talking about how great this art is, but, but it's also like from the description you see that like, it's, it's not actually very good. And really this is from some dude who's like Michelangelo's cousin who, you know, threw this together in a couple of days. And did Henry Beard write yes. that? Yeah. 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 Right. So I, so I think that's what this is. Like the joke of, of the Kermitage collection is, is partly that it's like these, just these funny art parodies, but also that like Miss Piggy thinks that she has great taste, but she really does right. not. Yeah. <laughs> she can speak French. She thinks that she can be and so here they kind of, they intro this Tony Clifton thing by saying like Miss Piggy went out and scoured the country to find talent. So she thinks that like, she's this amazing star maker and what she's <laughs> found is this like insane man. Yeah, that makes sense. And the flip side of that, that I love that the rest of the, the Muppets in the control room, like their reaction is just, just they're like, <laughs> like they're, they're kind of stone faced. They're just tired. They're just waiting for it to be over. Like they could be slapping their heads. They could be like, ah, oh, this is terrible. They could be making, they don't want to say anything, they but they're just, just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I think might also be kind of the reaction that most people, maybe not most people, but a lot of people are having watching the special as a whole. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they do like they cut back to the control room a lot. They don't let his entire act play out, which there might be a reason for that. But this, but this is actually a moment. So you know, I love I love the special, and I have like all of these theories and thoughts about like Tony Clifton and how like camp it is, and how like from media crit theory pretentiousness. Like I think it's super interesting. Um, but when I watch this, like there's a moment where you think that he's done with the rhyming and then, yeah. and then he's like, no, go. And like, there's just one, there's like one too many and it pushes it too far. And I, and I just like, <laughs> even I who love Miss Piggy and I actually love the special. I'm done. Like there's a moment where I'm just like, Uh-oh. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like just yeah. move on. I can rhyme anywhere with song, song, long, long. King Kong, King Kong, uh, Empire State Building. I can run any word you call out, any word. Wanna hear, wanna call out a word? No! No! Ho! Ho, 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 you know, like, like Santa Claus. Uh, uh, row. Uh, row, row, row your boat. Generally down a stream. Go! Isn't he something? Uh, go to the store. Um, interesting. Um, See, and I feel like I think that's all on purpose. I mean, that's Tony Clifton's thing. It's like he's going to push it it just a little bit too far just to make you rip your hair. Like you think you get the joke. And then by the time you think that the joke should be over, you're like, maybe that's not the joke. Right. Right. And like you (laughs) say, he's not abusing anyone, but he's still being very obnoxious and annoying. And it's challenging special. Like this special is. (laughs) <laughs> to watch like in some interesting good ways and then occasionally like it's just hard to laugh uh i also uh th- this act in particular felt very much like one of those muppet show acts where they just like put something on stage and you don't actually see it mm-hmm. you know like yeah. clive coanga's you know uh singing the, singing the abatement code um yeah like i i think that seems like the kind of thing where it's like oh yeah we got this you know, terrible lounge singer and he's going to go rhyme on stage. And then you see him five <laughs> seconds and then you cut back to the actual action, you know, behind yeah. the scenes. Um, 
but you know, we it's, you actually, know, like, we actually have yeah. to watch most of it. <laughs> right. All right. Anything else about Tony Clifton before we move on? He will be back in the special, but thank God. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next is Cozy Corner, which is like a little talk show segment with Piggy. Um, for those playing the where where is Frank Oz game, he is inside a wicker chair that Piggy is sitting <laughs> on. No, like today, um, he's inside of a worker, wicker chair. He's still there, yeah. He, he, just forgot miss, to he misses it. He, every once in a while, <laughs> yes. he throws himself in, up into a Yeah, ball, he asked. Gets yeah, inside he a chair. He take it home. He says yep. to his wife, you know what? Today is just going to be a wicker day for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't we all have those days? Yeah. Is that what that uh, Nicolas Cage movie is about? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's Frank, the wicker man. It's a Frank Oz biopic. <laughs> the bees. All right. Um... George Hamilton is is Piggy's guest. Uh, she wants to play a love scene with him in which he will play Cary Grant and she will play a Southern Belle. Um, we talked about this earlier. Uh, he does a Cary Grant impression, which is funny. Um, Piggy gets to do the Southern Belle accent that we heard her do in The Muppets Go to the yes. Movies, which is, which is a delight. Yes, Continuity. Uh, she says, yeah, she says, kiss me, you fool. <laughs> It's hilarious. Um, but before they can kiss, Kermit calls for a zoom in on Piggy's face, which disrupts the whole scene and, and ruins the mood. So um, that's when Kermit and Piggy get in an argument in the hall. This is one of my favorite parts of the special. Yeah. Um, the, the, the talk segment or the, the argument? Uh, Kermit, like Kermit getting jealous and mad. Right. I think it's kind of important. Like it's a moment where just mm. really explicitly, this is you know there's a bunch of scenes all the way through the Muppet Show of like she is trying to make Kermit jealous and it doesn't work because he doesn't love her, right? And we've talked about that. Yeah, and now like I think thanks to you know starting with Great Muppet Caper, I think officially like yes, actually like they are there is a romantic thing between them that is never like really defined or whatever they don't really talk about it but like, yeah no i do think the movies was when they really decided that okay this is thing. actually yeah. a thing kermit and piggy yeah um and so this is a Mutual. moment where just where miss piggy is actually having like it was the joke back in like season two muppet show that she could possibly make kermit jealous mm-hmm. um it was like well obviously he's not going to because he has nothing to do with her um but now that actual thing is happening and he is really jealous and and he doesn't really know how to handle it yeah and i think it's very beautiful yeah um when they're arguing she says well if it isn't francis ford Fraga, yeah. why is like that joke i feel like they use that in some like jim henson biography special or or one of those oh yeah that's that familiar oh yeah they did uh i think it, someone can correct me if i'm wrong and, and they will uh i'm going off a fuzzy memory of um the uh, uh, Jim Henson tribute special right after he passed away. And we see her say, uh, you know, the Francis Ford Fragola line. And then we cut to an interview with a uh, talking head with Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, like that oh was, yep. Yep. I think you're right. I think that was, was the that? PBS great performances oh, was it? special. Oh, okay. That makes more sense than what I was thinking. But yes, <laughs> one of those things. The world of Jim Henson, I believe. But I'm sure someone out there will let us know. Okay, but why, like, why isn't it Francis Frog Coppola? Like, that occurred to me too. Yeah, it, I guess it feels like such a first draft. No, you, you know? I guess maybe you want, I maybe you want the word frog to be in the last word of the joke. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, Frogala is just fun to say. Frogala, booby. I also want to say uh, before before this scene with Kermit and Piggy, um, George Hamilton is wearing like this bright pink track jacket with yeah, Miss Piggy's yeah. face oh, on, the, yeah. on the on the breast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing, and and I want to know if it's like real. Did did someone get to take that home? I hope George Hamilton did. I hope he still he's has wearing it, it today. That, that he is yeah. in his wicker yeah. chair. He's sitting Frank Oz, and he's sitting in the wicker chair. Yeah, he that. he wears that jacket. <laughs> we don't see John Ritter wearing a jacket like that, do we? Wouldn't work on him. No, hmm. no, no. Yeah, maybe not. Got yeah, It doesn't work with his, his pale complexion. He's not suave enough yeah. to wear a piggy jacket. Um, right. So uh, then Piggy goes on stage. She well, wants I to actually, sing a song. I have just a thing. Just a, um, that Kermit and Piggy in the hall um, scene, I think is really like it's one of my favorite scenes in Great Muppet Caper is their big fight right. at the park. And this is very similar. And, and Kermit has this great line of like, your acting moment, your acting moment, ha, to your acting moment, which is just like this very like Kermit thing to say. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he gets mad. He goes back in the in the control room, and like you see her like realizing that that she just messed something up, and she's very sad, and she walks away. Uh, and Kermit comes in, and Fozzie tries to like comfort him. It's this real emotional moment. Uh, and Kermit says, "I don't want to talk about it. Is the pig on her mark? Get get the pig on her mark." I this I don't know if that does anything for anybody else, but for me, I actually think that's a kind of like a beautiful. Curve. No, it's great. It's great. I agree. Yeah, no, that's good. There's a lot happening in his little froggy mind. Yeah, right, and and subtle. Yeah, yeah. Is, is this quietly. also the scene where um uh the like lunch arrived in the control room? And right, Kermit walks right, back in, and they're all right eating. before he leaves. Yeah, right before he leaves, Scooter comes in with everyone's lunch, and when he comes back, everyone's eating sandwiches. And it sounds like they're just like mashing mayonnaise around in a bowl. It's just yeah, like, well, they're all just like, <laughs> <laughs> but they're all doing it. I don't know why. Yeah. Is it, well, that's how you eat a sandwich, though. I guess. Is that how you eat a sandwich? So the thing, the one thing that I think is is weird about this moment is that it should have happened later. Like if I have, if there's one thing I would change. About right, this is the closest thing to an arc or, yeah, or to a like story a little, line. Yeah, it's like a little like actual emotional moment. Yeah, and then it's done. And or, then, or at least like this is a, yeah. this could have been a runner all the way through. And, I, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but like yeah. when Piggy sings, you let him light up my life and Kermit literally starts to glow. Yeah, which is I think a really it's a great shot. It's a it's a great reference. I I actually really love it. It shows mm-hmm. a lot. Like Kermit's not moving in that scene. He's yeah. just glowing, and you could tell there's so much emotion yeah. that he's feeling. But like that's the kind of thing where like that should have been the finale. Yeah. Like the finale should have right. been Kermit going, oh, like I do, like she something. she yeah. made up, you know, and and we're fine, and you know whatever. Yeah. But like all but this, the like whole story happens within yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so she dedicates the song to him, and then, yeah, I guess everything's okay between the two of them. Um, and then after the commercial break, there's a bit with Tony Clifton again that I had completely forgotten about, where he uh, insists that he's only here as a favor to Piggy to help the ratings. And then Piggy shows up, and he's very ob- obsequious and says that he really appreciates her giving him the opportunity. Go ahead, Anthony. Well, I think that's maybe the first time they ever did that like let's be obsessed with the ratings thing that would come up again and again after this Ooh, it's on yeah. Jim Henson hour and it's on Muppets tonight. And 
just like right. They talk about like the, the newest episode of of Muppets Now. As we're recording this, has a joke, has a runner about like we got to show the focus group. We got to make sure the focus yeah. group approves of our Muppet stuff. Like and it's just Stellar and Waldorf, yeah. but still, like yeah, you know, I, I feel like that starts huh. here. What I was seeing watching watching that scene in summer of 2020 is how much that seems like Donald Trump. That's what my, that's what my wife thing. Roz said. Yeah. Watch that scene again. Roz said it, the like, same thing. I bring the ratings up. Oh, really? Like, I bring the ratings up. If it wasn't for me, there wouldn't even be ratings on this show. Yep. And yep, then that like, guy with a bad comb over, yes, an untalented hat bully. Yes. Yeah. And then like as soon as as soon as someone comes in that he like just immediately retreats and cringes yep. and says, Oh no, you know. Well, you know, there was uh, a there was a, a, a there was like a joke yeah. slash rumor running around um during the last election that uh you know Donald Trump was gonna win the election and then rip off his mask and it was Andy Kaufman underneath. <laughs> yes. Oh right. Oh my god, yeah. 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 That and like you see that, and that. like of course, of course it could be Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah. So super wow. weird watching this. Yeah. Uh all right. So then the next segment is Corner of the Stars, another talk show segment on the same set as before. <laughs> this time John Ritter is the guest. Um he is very into Piggy. He wants to sit next to her on the couch. Um there's this moment where he plays with her ears, which is really <laughs> funny. He says, Oh, I love these. Yeah. <laughs> made me laugh out loud. Um and in this one, he wants to do a passionate love scene from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. But Piggy insists on doing a scene where he plays the gangster and she plays the gangster's mall. And she keeps coming up with these scenarios like, oh, you're actually in jail. You're in solitary. We can't be together. And she, he keeps coming up with ways for them to like, oh, I broke out of jail because he really wants to kiss Piggy, which becomes a little bit it's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It's just Pepe Le Pew. Like, great. Okay. Come here, baby. Unfortunately, you are behind bars. But I'm out on parole. No! Close your mouth. No, but you are really in solitary. <laughs> but I escaped. <laughs> they, they captured you again, and they put you in a place where no man has ever escaped from. Until now. But, 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 but the guards shoot you. Right into your arms. Yeah. It's not. I didn't think no. it was funny well, at all. No, and and he like the the way that he the way that he tries to kiss her too. It, it's like there's a couple of times where he's like going at her with his mouth wide open, like he's gonna try to. Eat. Yeah, he's like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. He's like he's like yeah. making the sandwich noise at her. Sheesh. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again and say I think that he's hilarious in this. Yeah. Like but, I think that like 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 Danny, we we wanted you on here to talk about how this is good. I know, actually. I know. Like that's why you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I I find him very funny. It's been a long time since I've seen anything with John Ritter in it, and and watching this again, I was just like, oh, he's so funny. Yes, I think he's, he's doing like, a great job in little, this scene with bad like, material. Yeah, the maybe. little the little turn where it's like where she has kind of challenged him of like, but you're in solitary. And like this little, like the wheel turns in mind, like, but I escape. And like that, like little thinking half second, I, yeah, just, yeah. I just find really like 
funny and appealing. Yeah, I think the timing is good. He's good. If it were about something other than him trying to force Dude, himself yes. on her, yeah. it would be better. Yeah. But, oh, and like, yeah. but him, like, but him touching her ears totally feels weird to me. Like that is like he's touching part of her. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's super yeah. uncomfortable. It's yeah. I guess that's true. But then, what's also weird is like, like at the very end of the sketch, she gives in and she kisses him back. And I feel like that's a weird lesson that we're teaching people. Yeah, no, no, that's not. Yep. It, yeah. yeah. If, if, this, if this were on Disney Plus now, they would cut out. It would be like half the length with all the stuff <laughs> they would cut out. Uh, I, I, wrote down, yeah. I wrote down in my notes, uh, Piggy is like Daenerys in the first season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know if anyone gets that reference. I'm just going to let it sit. Sure I would get it if I watched Game of Thrones. All right. Well, that's for everyone else. Uh, she's married to Aquaman, right? That's that thing? Yep. But, you know, she married. falls in love with Aquaman after he plays with her ears for a, a long time. Yeah, a lot. Uh, of, is that what yeah, happened? Yeah. A lot of All very, right. very on camera. A lot of yep. ear, ear touching. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's that. So I love that we went oh, there. <laughs> you're touching the next thing that happens is um piggy needs george uh hamilton and john ritter to fill some time and i like this bit a lot yeah, where that's yeah. fun. she tells I... them to look at their cue cards and they're just kind of tripping over the words and like john ritter says uh when it comes to talent she has none uh she has none of the hang-ups of other superstars and george hamilton says when you see her act in a movie it's frightening uh, next card frightening to think the academy has overlooked her twice and then john ritter says when Streisand first saw her, she threw up. A next card. She threw up her hands in despair and said, there's no sense in any of us working anymore. No one can stop you. Top you. So that's, it's, it's a short bit. I, what I, I, like what I really appreciate about that bit, I, I didn't care for the fact they did the same type of joke three times in a row that you just read. But I do like the fact that like, they're definitely looking way off screen. They're like stumbling. They're like, oh, it's, it's your line. Like there's all these little things yeah. of like, it really looks like they, they just saw the cue cards for the first time. Like yeah. I thought that that worked out really well. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, so it's really, funny. It's, yeah. it's like like Carol Burnett show kind of humor, like just straight down yeah. the line, uh, like funny script. Yeah, yeah, I do. I it. like it. Um, and that that bit ends with uh, George Hamilton saying, "And now a musical threat treat, which <laughs> is Miss Piggy's musical salute to the year, uh, <laughs> which is a song where Piggy appears in a different costume for every month of the year." The flowers of May um this always makes me think of the musical number girl for all seasons from the movie grease 2 which i'm sure you're all very familiar with um <laughs> that was actually a year after this so i'm gonna assume that they stole the idea from this move this uh, tv special wow Poor Grease yeah. too. <laughs> That's the best thing they can steal from. <laughs> Actually, do you want to hear something mildly interesting that I learned about Grease Two recently? Yes. Uh, Chris Surf wrote two songs in it. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, they're they're not songs that are like sung by the characters. They're just kind of these uh, like fifties rock and roll pastiches that you hear in the background. But yeah, Chris you know Surf. Well, they hired the right guy. Absolutely. You know what this calendar song reminds me of? The song Beautiful What does it the remind song, you of? Beautiful Girl in Singing in the Rain, which is like the montage. Oh song. yeah. So, well, that's probably what they're going yeah. for, right? 
And that's singing in the rain is better than Grease Tour Ride. You should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Heard of it. Heard of it. Um, yeah, this is cute. Um, seeing Piggy running around trying to like change costumes and get back on stage by the time each month rolls around. And this is a very like Muppet showy, like, uh, we're doing a musical number, but obviously, like, I guess, like, we haven't thought it through enough to like, right? We haven't planned, give, it, yeah, yeah, to give Piggy enough time to actually put the costumes on, and so she right. starts complaining. And, and true, but there's like not enough chaos to, to, to really pass it off as a joke. Well, that's what I was going to say is in my memory, this whole song was about Piggy struggling to keep up with the costume changes. And that doesn't yeah. really come in until the end. And I don't yeah. like <laughs> until like October. <laughs> yeah. Until like October. And it's like, yeah, like the costumes are impressive. Callista Henderson's er- earning that paycheck, but like, okay. it's not that entertaining until she's Piggy starts kind of losing control. Until she really starts it ramping takes, up. Yeah. It takes forever yeah. for that to happen. Fair enough. Right. That's true. I mean, there's there's 12 months in a year. That's a lot of but months. Then they, also, they the song is really bad. It's a terrible song. It's not as good as the Singing in the Rain one. I, I don't remember anything about the song. It goes... How does it go, Joe? Sing it for us. <laughs> oh, Anthony, sing it, it for goes, us. January, February. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we got two of the words right. <laughs> I could sing it if I remembered the lyrics to it, but... Uh... See, nobody cares. It goes. We could all sing it if we remember the lyrics. Beautiful girl, such a lovely picture. Beautiful girl. That's how it goes. There you go. Singing in the rain. Also, that's that's Steve Whitmire in the lower left. Yes, uh, that's him. The whole song, right? So yeah, like he's that's that's well done. The IT game troll or whatever. Well done, the IT guy. Yes, Yes, his popular character. Oh, there's also that one dude who's like dressed as a lion. Yeah. And then he turns around and yeah. like back that's as a George lamb. It, or that's John Ritter. Was that George Hamilton? It's I, I think thought it was John Ritter. I think. No, oh, I I, yeah. I thought it was one of the dancers. But but either way, like it looks embarrassing. Yeah, it sh- looks like something you put on and you go like, oh god, I gotta be on camera. It should in this be. Thing? Um, it, oh, I thought it looked really it funny. It Should be a Muppet. Yeah. Oh hey. well, yes, that would be better if it was a Muppet lion and a There's Muppet an lamb. idea. Yeah, it kind of was yes. like a Muppet lamb. It's, it's not like a well, Muppet. It lamb. was very Muppet. Yeah, lamb. I'm sure like the a, workshop has like a yeah. has like a Henson sure triangle the workshop built it, but... lamb face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're just they're just not doing things like that in the special. That, like, I, I, that's would why it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the next thing is this medley that's just like. Once again, Miss Piggy at the center of everything. Miss Piggy is a goddess. Yeah. There's this orchestra that's on these risers way up all around the whole set. There's a studio audience now suddenly. The lighting is constantly changing. And Piggy is standing on this riser right in the middle of the set where we can't see. Like she's not behind a wall. Mm -hmm. Which is again, where is Frank Oz? He must have his arm like stuck way up. Or maybe he's hiding like inside her dress somewhere. I don't know, but it's the set is is crazy, and um, it looks really impressive. But this is actually the point every time I've watched the special where I kind of look to see how much time is left. This is yeah for me too. This is this is it's the a, moment where I crack. Where like because we love Miss Piggy, yeah. I totally yeah. get and like and the thing is, I understand what they're doing. This is the correct thing. Like Buzz Cohen knows if we're doing this like celebrity focused, like Judy Garland show hour, like at the 43 minute mark, you have the star 
on stage surrounded by like the thing and she just stands there and she does a concert and everything is just focused on her and so like for the thing that they are like doing slash spoofing this is what goes here but it's just miss piggy like not doing a joke right. just singing a song and then right. at the end of the nothing right. funny it's, ever it's, happens and at the end of that song she sings another song right, right. it's boring because yeah. they're just and doing the, the thing most... you know yes exactly yeah. yeah it's not a spoof it's just they're doing the thing yeah there are no yeah. layers it needs layers right. like, although and... oh, i was gonna say although tony clifton does come back and sings that old black magic yeah there's there's nothing funny about that that, and then george hamilton comes in and sings three times a lady which you want to talk there's nothing funny about that talk about this special being like elliot gould sings uh i don't remember there helen reddy had a tv special where elliot gould is one of the guests and elliot gould sings a romantic song at her and this is that same thing at her it's just like an actor who can't sing singing a song and it's like mm, if yeah. it was if it was good enough right. for the Helen Reddy special, it's good enough for the Fantastic Miss Piggy show, because they are qualitatively right. the same thing. You're once, twice, three times a lady, and I love you so. Yes, you're once, twice, three times a lady. And so I think right. when, we, when we talked earlier about like, so did America really want, like, did America love Miss Piggy this much? Like, I honestly mm. think the answer was 100% yes until 44 minutes <laughs> into this show. Yeah. Where they're like, wait, but she's just, she's just not a good singer. She's just singing songs. And then Tony Clifton comes in again, who you thought we'd gotten rid of. <laughs> and I think that was the moment that broke that broke the spell for America. Because yeah. right, especially that that Tony Clifton bit, it's like actually this whole this whole thing. Piggy is not being presented as a good singer. Or, I'm sorry, she's not being presented as a bad singer. Right. Yeah. Like we're not laughing at that. And then when Tony Clifton comes out, we've got two people who are historically known as bad singers, and that's <laughs> the bit. <laughs> and they're doing a song completely straight. Yeah. And we're not laughing yeah. at it. We're not laughing with well, it anymore. Right. We've talked a lot about how a, a big part of the joke with Miss Piggy is just, look, it's a pig who thinks she can be a famous singer and actor. And it's, you know, they they usually manage to do a pretty good job of maintaining that joke. But um, yeah, it does. I, I think it's just because there's just so much Piggy in this. We've yeah. seen like everything is Piggy. And the the other characters never really get to take the spotlight yeah. uh, away from her for a moment. So yeah, by the time we get to this, it's it, it is just kind of like this is you just okay. Kind of break. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Um, one thing <laughs> yeah. that I I found kind of interesting. Um, so P sings "I Will Survive." I like that she sings "I Will Survive." Yeah. I love that she sings "I Will Survive." I'm surprised that she, as far as I know, she never sang it before this. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a very piggy song. The the um uh the orchestration Ooh. is like ominous that like it's like that, like weird like bossa like nova. marching at you with fire in her yeah. eyes yeah this like weird bossa nova arrangement of i will survive go on now go walk out the door just turn around now because you're not welcome anymore who weren't you the one who tried to hurt me with goodbye did you think i'd crumble 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, but it's like pig, angry bossa nova. Right. But like piggy singing, like you say, piggy singing, I will survive should be one of the best things ever. It should be like something. We right. Talk because Miss Piggy is a, is it, an yeah. unlikely, unlikely feminist icon yeah. of the seventies. Right. And this yep. is but like the, huge empowerment. The arrangement anthem. just kills it. And then like the chorus yep. comes back in with, isn't she lovely for some reason? Yeah. Well, and isn't she lovely? Sounds uh, Ominous too. Yeah, it's yeah. like a threat. Terrible. Like, is a cheap or else? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I but will I, say, but I do, uh, I do love the I will survive. Like, I just like that's the thing. No, where, like, as yeah, a Piggy it's, fan, it's, I'm just like, oh my god, she's yeah. Survive. It Frank, is good to have like, Piggy Frank say I will survive. Yeah. It's just like ugh, the, every, but yeah, but the everything but the, else but is working around that. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah. Um, I will say though, just an interesting little fact. Uh, the movie Man on the Moon ends with Tony Clifton singing I Will Survive. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. That's great. Yep. I will survive. I says. will survive. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, um, we, we didn't mention that uh, you see Jocelyn Stevenson in the audience. Oh, oh yes. Thank you. I saw that on, on the wiki. Yeah. She's that's, that's Muppet nice. writer Jocelyn Stevenson. And she, um, uh, I, I have to assume that the audience is just filled up with the Muppet performers, like, friends and family i like think she's probably, the only one we saw yeah. but yeah yeah um that, that would be cool to be in that audience i think it would be awful <laughs> no i mean like because, nothing's happening no but just because muppet productions usually like there is no yeah, audience for the muppet that. show or muppets tonight so i, I suppose i just kind of a once in a lifetime thing i feel like if, like if you were asked okay so here's the thing like imagine if you were asked to to go watch like a Muppet thing live and you're like so excited, but you got to, first of all, you got to wear, really cool. wear a tuxedo. Okay. So you got to dress up nice. <laughs> right. You got to put on your evening gown, you show up, you sit there. There's probably like a four or five hour shoot where Piggy is standing in one place singing yeah. terrible yeah. renditions of songs. They got to get the orchestra to, you know, yep. climb up on top of the riser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to wait for all that to set up. Tony Clifton's not coming out of his dressing room. And, and then why and is George Hamilton here? Yeah, and they're looking at it and they're saying, "This America does not want this." Like, this <laughs> like is literally, perhaps. Jocelyn Stevenson probably stood up and said, "I think we're done with Piggy now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just focus on Fraggles from now on." That That's right. Said. Then they cut to commercial and they come back and it's like the yes. funniest five minute that Miss Piggy has ever had. Like one, once, I mean, Ryan's probably about to say this, but like once. Piggy finds out it's a special and not a series. Everything after that yeah. is perfect. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. Well, she comes out first. She says, like, it sounds like she's going to start thanking all the Muppets. And she says, it takes a lot of people to like, like to put on a show like this. It takes a lot of people who are and shall remain behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't give anybody any special thanks. And then she brings out um, our friend, uh, Mr. Gregory. What was Kevin his T. Name? Gregory. Kevin, Kevin T. Gregory. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, he has to break it to her that this is not the first episode in a weekly primetime series. This is just a special. Um, actually, side note, I think the first time I found out about this was when it was going to be airing on the Disney Channel in the early 90s. I, I guess I missed it because I didn't see it until it was on Nickelodeon later. But when I first read about it, I, I thought, oh, wow, cool. The Fantastic Miss Piggy show. They're going to do a new series. So I was I was just as dumb as Miss Piggy <laughs> is in this moment. Also, uh, uh, I, I 
figured this is the same. This is the same trick that Jason Siegel tried to pull with his oh, oh, 2011 yeah. Muppet movie, where like in his original script, it ended with the Muppets. Like they they did their whole show. It was a big success. And Kermit looks right in the camera and says, "And guess what? We're bringing the Muppet Show back. It'll be on Fridays <laughs> on ABC or whatever." Yeah. And then that and Disney read it. They were like, "Nice try." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but in in this special, um, he tells her that no, this is just a one-time special. Of course, by the way, Frank Oz was never going to do another weekly series again. Oh, but, uh, yeah. For then, for the first time in this hour-long special, Piggy karate chops somebody. Yeah. Um, the Muppets in the control room start panicking, and then uh, so we think it might be over. But then Kermit has to introduce the actual finale which is the impossible dream. There's this big, huge, dramatic overture, the dancers, the well, singers, and then... Well, well oh, just, I was going to say about Kermit. It's, it's like Kermit rushes on stage to try to reestablish his like M- M- Muppet Show-esque control over the situation, yeah. right? Right. And it doesn't work at all. Like, that's what's so great about it. Yeah. Is yeah. that like for yeah. 30 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever, it feels like we're watching the Muppet show and Kermit is going to introduce the closing number and everything is going to be fine. And it's a fake out yeah. and it's so good. Yeah. Although even on the Muppet show, things often were not fine. Right. But like, this, but like you but, said Kermit uh, still comes out for the good night, yeah. my man. And, you yeah, know? yeah. And, and I think a thing like just before Kermit comes out that, that she, she says like, let me get this straight. I've been killing myself one crummy show, one crummy show. <laughs> which is like, which is her saying like, we've just been through this whole hour of crazy. And it's, it's again, it's like this oppositional like camp artifice thing of like, okay, the thing that we just, all of this, like, like we were saying, like we spent money on this. We did yeah. costumes. We built a pagan idol thing. Like it's been insane. <laughs> And Piggy just says, well, but this sucks. Like, this doesn't matter. <laughs> why, why did we even do this? And kind of, like, just attacks. Piggy, like, directly attacks the TV special that she is currently making. Yes. Which I think <laughs> is Yeah, remarkable. and then continues to do so. Yes. But, um, yeah, first, though, we have the impossible dream. It's not Piggy. It's John Ritter, dressed as Piggy, doing a, a very uh, impressive falsetto with the pig nose and everything. Tripping, um, tripping downstairs with because he's wearing yes. high heels. Yeah, in the heels. What John Ritter does, and, it's, and yes. it's like this is why you hire John Ritter. He's really good absolutely, at and it's kind of surprising that, as far as I can recall, they never really did this on the Muppet Show. Where I mean, they did like Loretta Swit pretended mm-hmm. to be Piggy in Pigs in Space, but I don't think they ever did it with a male guest star, like doing the Miss Piggy act. Right. Yeah. Although this feels like a a closing number like that feels like something they would have done yeah. on John Ritter's episode of the Muppet show or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, well, they did dream the possible dream in the closing number of the John Cleese episode. That's right. Yeah. True. Yeah. There which was similarly like uh, attacking the guest. Star, yeah. You know, yeah. Like they're yeah. doing with John Ritter yeah. throughout this. Basil thing. Faulty and so, Jack. Um, Tripper, uh, yeah. Piggy. Yes, <laughs> actually. 
no, but uh, I was going to say uh, the, the irony of the fact that John Ritter had to wear high heels and stumble on them as he was going down the stairs when Miss Piggy doesn't actually wear high heels because she has no legs. True. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Um, and so I think like this is not just this is not just a closing number. This I believe this is the closing number. And I'll explain what that means. That um, you know, we talked about within Muppets Go to the Movies that the whole point of that show was like to be the last episode of the Muppet Show. They're ending the Muppet yeah, Show. Yeah. We're ending the Muppet Show now. We're we're closing up the Muppet Theater and now we're gonna go and make movies. And like now this is this new thing. And so it's sort of like this beautiful kind of liberation moment of like we're saying goodbye to the Muppet Show, but now we're gonna like become this whole huge other thing. And this scene, I think is there like oh and also we're gonna trash the place before we leave like right because what happens is piggy sees what's happening and she just runs out and just destroys the set she's chasing john ritter she karate chops a camera which somehow causes mm-hmm. explosions in the control room and then like everything is falling down and exploding and, it's and she pulls and she pulls the um the garland down from a pillar which then like falls over and basically yes. destroys the whole set and yeah. right this is this is the angry punk version of that like end of end of Muppets right, the movies. For sure. Now like we're gonna we're gonna like we're not coming back to TV. Yeah, and you had pointed out, uh, Danny, that at the end of Muppets Go to the Movies, they're they're leaving the theater mm-hmm. and they close the door. And at the end of this, one of the last things we see is Piggy like slamming the door as she leaves the studio. Yeah. So it's like I'm done with TV. That's it. Yeah, and good. And now the Muppets aren't popular anymore. <laughs> well that's uh i i will but... say um it, it's it seemed like a really a really abrupt ending to me like everything's yeah. falling or falling all over the place and there's chaos in the studio and whatever and then p slams the door she says i'm too delicate for show business and then it just ends and yeah. i i don't know what i expected i don't know if i wanted like what i would even think of that would go after that uh or at least to to extend that last moment but it just felt like i don't know Felt like my my like the end of the Sopranos where it just went to black. <laughs> I think it's that we don't see the Muppets again. Like we don't see we don't mm. see a reaction from Kermit. We do, like we do have like a tiny glimpse of like something blowing up and they're getting upset and making yeah, room. just everybody being like, "Whoa, yeah. what's she doing?" But yeah. like, but we don't get that like little tag of like Kermit looking around and whatever he's. But like, do. did they finish their sandwiches first? Yeah, I think they did. <laughs> I hope so. People listening on their earbuds are going to love us making those noises. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll stop, I promise. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the special. Um, one thing that I kept thinking was I just wish they had let some of the other Muppets do something on stage yeah. at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, so according to Muppet Wiki, this special has had a few home video releases, but none of them have been on commercial um, labels in the U.S., Something called Films Incorporated released a copy on VHS for educational outlets in 1988. Special is very educational. But did you notice the picture on the Muppet Wiki for that one? It's just a picture of a sun. Like, yes. not even on the cover. No, I think it was just like a generic. I, actually, I bet it was like a line. I bet it was like a line of tapes that all had the oh. identical cover and just the title. Yes, exactly. Maybe. I think it's kind of hysterical that they're like nobody will care yeah. like nobody needs to see the pig her name's in the title they get it yeah that was that was actually weird like i actually um i i got that from a library i think like there was oh, okay. they put out like the muppets go hollywood and fantastic Miss piggy show 
and probably another couple that, and it was like this random thing uh, that I, I managed to find and was so, like, it's random just because like, I don't know who used these. Um, yeah. Right. Was, but that I mean, was I guess maybe before. teachers showed them in their classrooms, like just to make the kids shut up for an hour. <laughs> I don't know. Kids love George Hamilton. <laughs> Um, then it was released on a Portuguese DVD along with Miss Piggy's Hollywood and the Loretta Swit episode. Which sounds awesome. Oh. I would buy that. I yeah, want that yes. release. Yeah. But also, nice. like, looking at that cover, it looks like the title of the special is Woman Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was also released on a DVD in Hebrew, where it was just called The Miss Piggy oh, Show. Dubbed, so. dubbed into the language Hebrew? I assume so. I don't know. Maybe someone out there wants to track that down and let us know. But and again, yeah. the irony that a pig on a Hebrew <laughs> DVD. <laughs> think I, about I, I, it. I like the idea that, that the Fantastic Miss Piggy show is just this thing that like people around the world will find it and just be baffled by it. And, oh, absolutely. And the longer yeah. that goes by, like people are just, it's going to get just more and more confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This weird yeah, artifact. So. It is. It's a very. Weird I mean, art. it's been. Uh, I, I don't think Disney's ever going to release it commercially. I'll go ahead and say that it is on YouTube if people want to go track it down. It's been there for quite a while. So. Um, and that's how. We yeah. Do. Discover it and be baffled by it. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's all I have. Um, so I will ask if anyone else has any final thoughts. Joe, let's start with you. Um, I mean, nothing really. You're shaking your head no. Well, I'm shaking my head no because I, I have gone through all my notes, which I'm. I'm very proud of, but um, Great. I mean, look, my, here's the thing is I, I went into it thinking, you know, this isn't going to be the best thing ever, but I'm going to enjoy it. And I pretty much enjoyed it, but I think half of that was, was hate watching. Um, you know, like it's so bad, but I still, yeah, yeah. you know, appreciate it for its badness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess this is one of those things when you're a, a young budding Muppet fan, you just sort of assume that everything they ever made is good. And then, at a certain point when you're rewatching things, you're, you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, but why is this one good? Yep. And maybe there aren't as many, maybe I can't come up with as many reasons why this one is good, but I still do. There's a lot that I, that I enjoy. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of what, what Danny said, you know, about, you know, putting it into the context of, of camp and putting it in the context of, uh, you know, Miss Piggy's actually really Frank Oz's like farewell to yeah. you know, like to Hollywood or whatever, however you want to say it. Like I, I feel like that puts it in a context that makes me appreciate it a lot more. Um, right. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I gotta, yeah, so. I, I gotta say, like, um, gay dudes like this show a lot more than everybody else. <laughs> mm. And I'm so, I'm so sorry that other people can't appreciate it the way that like somehow innately gay dudes are are programmed to like be able to do. But this. Sure. It's, I'm so happy that this exists. It's yeah, so I'm absolutely, absolutely happy that it exists. It's like a camp odd piece of craziness. I, I do think it's possibly responsible for the Muppets, like kind of losing some of their luster in the, you know, after Great Muppet Caper. Mm. Um, but I cannot hate it for that. It was it even was, though uh, even though people saw it uh, when they tuned in for Charles and Diana. <laughs> I mean, that makes that really funny, especially the last five minutes that if you, <laughs> yeah. if you just turn it on early and all you're seeing is this pig puppet just smashing things of her own yeah. show. It's just hilarious. Um, yeah. 
It is. This is. This is like the the Regis and uh, and Kathy Lee, uh, angry cooking show segment yes. of 1982, and it just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to link to that in, in the the show notes here. Uh, all right, Anthony. Any final thoughts? No, I I said everything I have to say about this thing earlier. I think. <laughs> okay. Then with that, we will wrap things up for this week. Uh, we will be back pretty soon, sometime in the relatively near future, with one more bonus episode before we get to the Muppets Take Manhattan. We will be talking about another TV special, uh, very different from this one. It's John Denver and the Muppets Rocky Mountain Holiday. So keep an eye out for that episode. <laughs> uh, and until then, make sure you check out toughpigs.com. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony is shaking his head, I guess, at the mere thought of talking about Rocky Mountain Holiday. I, I feel bad that I'm like the guy who hates Muppets on this podcast now, but I feel like <laughs> there's, you got to have Every one. Every time we uh, um, talk about a special, I'm just like, oh, this is bad. Oh. This, yeah. Dick Van Dyke that's, is ill used. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so in the meantime, make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all those other places. And we would like to hear from you if you have thoughts on this episode, on the Fantastic Miss Piggy show, or if you have anything to say about the Muppets Take Manhattan, which is coming up, feel free to drop by our Facebook page or Twitter or the Tough Pigs forum, which is linked on uh, the front page of the website. Or you can send us an email at along at toughpigs.com. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe, and Anthony is still not on Twitter anymore. He's managed to stay away all these weeks and months. It's for plebeians. (laughs) (laughs) That said, uh, Danny, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am finishing up my 1960s vampire soap opera blog, uh, Dark Shadows Every Day. Uh, so you can uh, ask for it by name, darkshadowseveryday.com. So I'm sure if you Google the, that phrase, that's that your, your blog. It's probably the first thing that comes that's, up. That's what Excellent. Yeah. And Joe, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me wherever good Tough Pigs products are sold. Um, so please check out all the Tough Pigs accounts on all of the Tough Pigs social media things, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we probably have a Tumblr. I don't know. Um, Does anyone still maintain the Tough Pigs Tumblr? No, we have not posted on that in, in a long time. Um, but right. we have a few tumbles that that still get a lot of traction. People sure like like three of the pictures that I posted there, like four years cool. ago. Um, but personally, uh, I'm on uh, uh, Twitter on at Joe Hennis. I'm on Instagram at Tough Pigs Joe. Um, and I don't know. I'm just hanging out in my apartment. So you know, if someone wants to like pop by, like feel free. I will take you up on you, that. You got to be careful what you say. Okay, everyone, <laughs> go to Joe's apartment and say hi. And uh, also, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can do that. Do it right now while you're hearing my voice tell you to do it. Don't wait until later. Do it right now. And tell your friends all about the show. And join us again next time for another episode of Moving Right Along. Bye. Bye. Farewell. Killing ourselves for one crummy show. <laughs> okay.
Okay, previous podcast guest, Roz Strand. What did you think of this special? Okay. There is only one person earning their money during this special. Okay? That's Miss Piggy. Everybody else (laughs) is just phoning it in. Even her hairdresser is phoning it in. The choreographer is phoning it in. The makeup artist is out to lunch. And whoever... (laughs) is telling Kermit what to do needs to wake up because he didn't do anything on this special. Nobody did anything except for Piggy. And I'm really mad at Joe Raposo also <laughs> for writing <laughs> music in the way that he did. Thank so you. You know this what? could have been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that totally concise great. review. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> 